Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. It's a historic day, which you could really say every day. But today is the first time the Department of Justice, who they've had a busy day already, you know, they're they're trying to debunk lies from the Biden White House, and they acknowledge the Hunter Biden laptop content is legitimate for the first time ever. I probably smoke more Parmesan cheese than anyone... So it's it's comforting to know that the DOJ is how many years behind the New York Post when it comes to finding stuff out or uncovering the truth. There's just a bit of a delay. It's like fashion. You know how they say, oh, yeah, fashion is, you know, six years or we get six months. We get what's hot in Europe. We'll get that six months later. They're about three or four years behind the New York Post. This is from the Daily Caller. It says in a Tuesday court filing from DOJ prosecutors which came in response to Hunter Biden's request to have his federal firearm charges dismissed. Again, I'm telling you, he's poking all these bears. He pokes these bears and then they come back and they bite him. And he's like, what, what, why is this happening to me? I'm a victim. Well, maybe if you just learn to shut up. What's that Mark Twain quote? Better to be silent and thought a fool than open one's mouth and remove all doubt. I don't think there's any doubt left when it comes to Hunter. And I, I think we can say without a shadow of a doubt that the offensive strategy that his lawyers are taking up, not working out well. Not good. So it says here that in this court filing, investigators acknowledge the legitimacy of data found on Biden's laptop prior to the 2020 election. The court filings described how IRS and FBI investigators had obtained a search warrant for tax violations on Biden, leading them to various backup data accounts. It's hard for me to keep track of all the reasons they told us we shouldn't believe the laptop. It was like, oh, no, it has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. And then at the same time, Hunter was telling us, oh, this is personal property and it's theft to... To put out my personal property. But I thought it wasn't. I thought it was all create. I thought this was all created. I thought this was all manipulated data. I thought the Russians hacked into your laptop and, and made all of these explicit videos. Again, not everything can be true at the same time. If you're going to play the victim here and tell us that it's revenge porn And that it's so inappropriate that Marjorie Taylor Greene would show a screenshot of some of the movies that you produced and then also tell us they're fake. It can't be both. Is it fake and it's all Russian disinformation or is it real and you're a victim of evil Republicans? But now we know, thanks to the Department of Justice, if there was any holdouts out there who were still thinking, I just don't know if I should trust the contents on that laptop. 
I don't know if the pictures of Hunter Biden in the scarf wearing the jockstrap are are legit. Well, the DOJ is here to tell you that they are. Uh, Another story that I wanted to get to, speaking of, you know, propaganda, has to do with the Biden administration and has to do with this um, this interesting task force that was set up. Let me just find it here in my stack of stuff. Um, This was a a crazy story. So you know how we talk often, Jared? You know what I want to play here? I want to get the supercalifragilistic expialidocious ready because we haven't talked about misinformation in a very long time. And we're going to circle back here. Information laundering is really quite ferocious It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious By saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie When Rudy Giuliani okay. shared that Okay, I know we have a shorter version, but I do love the long one Because I, I, like <gasps> I like to think how long it took her Nina Jankowitz to come up with that. Oh no, that was that was quick. She's a performer. Oh, you think so? You think that was like one take? Everybody. Oh yeah, yeah no, okay. she she knocked that out of the park. So this is from the Daily Wire, Luke Rosiak. It says how the Biden administration used a counterterrorism grant to fund anti-conservative propaganda because we wouldn't want to use a counterterrorism grant to I don't know keep a watch on all of the terrorists who are crossing over the border unvetted. We wouldn't want to use a counterterrorism grant to make sure that the ISIS-linked smugglers aren't bringing in anyone that we need to be weary of. No, we want to use the counterterrorism money on something important, like spreading anti-Trump news. It says the Department of Homeland Security, which again has been doing such a bang-up job everywhere else, they have enough time on their hands. And enough funds, apparently, to pay an activist group $700,000 to create self-described propaganda that attacked conservatives. A new investigation found. I guess this is like two wrongs do make a right. If you have a little bit of propaganda and then you throw a little propaganda at the propaganda, it's like a double negative. It cancels out the propaganda. I'm not an expert. I, I'm not. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. Mary Poppins has spoken. Need I say more? DHS used a grant program intended to combat terrorists called the Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Program to pay activists to write blog posts. Nothing's going to take down terrorism like the blog posts. To write blog posts that criticize Donald Trump and other conservatives under the guise of media literacy. The Media Research Center found through public records requests. I've talked to Ben Weingarten on this show about media literacy and how this is now being in this is being um, embedded in a lot of these uh, school curriculums to teach kids how to interpret the news stories which is really and a really good example of it is you know they'll they'll call things like oh well you can't trust that that's from fox that's right-wing propaganda or that's from newsmax but I don't think they're teaching kids like, hey, when the CDC told you this and then all of these agencies made sure that Rand Paul had his YouTube taken down, Rand Paul was actually right 
in that situation. I don't think that's the kind of media literacy. I don't think that they're trying to get the kids to read between those lines. So this sounds to me like both election interference and a crime. I mean, if some guy gets seven years in jail for sharing a Hillary meme, this is that on steroids. Yeah. And I bet that guy didn't get paid. Every one of these people is a criminal. It says the findings position the University of Rhode Island's Media Education Lab and a closely linked activist group, Media Literacy Now, at the center of a are at the center of a sprawling government funded campaign to run propaganda on Americans to create a mandate for increased censorship. Now, of course, I was thinking, like, I want to I want to see some of this propaganda. I want to know what they were pushing. I want to know what propaganda they were creating to counter terrorism. Because that's, Jared, that's big doings. Like, if you're writing blog posts and they're and that's countering terrorism, I want to know what those blog posts are. The Rhode Island Lab used the DHS money to pay people $250 each to write blog posts about misinformation, disinformation, because it can't just be misinformation. Trump was on with Howie a few weeks ago and he said misinformation, disinformation, because those are actually two separate things. I've never really been able to figure out. I, I know there's a definition difference there but i don't really care (gasps) the articles pushed for left-wing policies even though federal grants cannot be used to fund lobbying the post sometimes had less to do with media literacy than political opining railing against the national rifle association and stand your ground laws here's one post we are all living in a darker scarier angrier less hopeful country thanks to mr trump's influence Are we on the verge of a civil war? One post said, complaining that Trump was able to crawl into the safety of First Amendment protections. He was able to crawl into the safety of First Amendment protections. They hate the First Amendment. They hate the idea that they're... And the the ironic part of it is, is that these same people who say that Trump's able to crawl into the safety of First Amendment protections are also the people who assure you that if he's elected again, he's going to be jailing journalists and putting people in prison for their political opinions. But they are so pro-censorship when it comes to defeating Trump. It won't be easy, but we really have to reduce Trump's influence, it pledged. The DHS-funded entity served to bring together federal and state law enforcement officials, anti-speech activists, teachers, and Democrat advocacy groups. As part of its media literacy and civic engagement curriculum, it trained teachers to use the classroom to root out misinformation, encouraging them to address controversial current events. Now, I have to say that the biggest cases of what I was told were misinformation over the last five years all ended up being information that the media did not want people to know because it did not help Democrats. Anything that was labeled misinformation, whether it's Hunter Biden's laptop, which, phew, thank God the DOJ has told us today is actually legitimate. Thank God I didn't fall for all the misinformation pushed by the 51 former intelligence agents and everyone else in the media for the last five years. But all of the misinformation that I was warned about and I was told that I couldn't handle, you know, like we have to we have to take this misinformation off the Internet so that you, Grace Curley, you beautiful idiot, so that you don't read it and get confused and vote for the wrong person. 
Well, fast forward to 2024, it all ended up being accurate. Everything about the COVID vaccine, maybe not everything, but a lot of the things that we were told we couldn't handle about the COVID vaccine, natural immunity, booster shots, different strains, all of these things that we were told had to be suppressed and taken off the internet for fear that all of us dummies would see it and not want to get the COVID shot. That all ended up being true. Hunter Biden's laptop, not disinformation, it was true. The Russia hoax, now, that was some misinformation they didn't mind peddling. That was some misinformation that they weren't worried about, you know, creating propaganda about. Because it was propaganda in and of itself. So certain misinformation, green light, other misinformation, bad. But just whenever you hear that word, this is what if, if, if I had a young child in school and they were taking a media literacy class, I would say to them, anytime you hear the word misinformation, it probably means it's something Democrats don't want you to know. So find out more about it. Ask questions. Ask questions, because if it weren't for people asking questions and we're going to talk about COVID here in a second. But how, how about this? A perfect example, Jared, as Kamala Harris would say, that's the perfect segue myocarditis remember that you were not allowed to talk about myocarditis if you did you were given a tinfoil hat well it turns out that the cdc actually drafted an alert about myocarditis it says the u.s center for disease control and prevention prepared to alert state and local officials to an emerging connection between heart inflammation and covid19 vaccines but ultimately did not send the alert according to new documents obtained by the Epic Times. The CDC sends alerts to federal, state, and local public health officials and doctors across the nation through a system called the Health Alert Network. Messaging through the system conveys vital health information. In May 2021, CDC officials drafted an alert on myocarditis and the two most widely used COVID shots. And the draft never was sent. We'll continue to talk about misinformation when we come back. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. When it comes to dentistry, he is the best. I know people get nervous. They get skittish when it comes to their teeth. It's a sensitive area and I understand. It's like the doctors, the dentists, people get freaked out. So you want to go to someone who not only who you can trust, but someone who's very, very gentle, who takes their job very seriously and who's going to walk you through the process at your own pace. Because you can handle it when you're going at your own personalized pace. And that's exactly what Dr. Houghton, and not just Dr. Houghton, everybody in his office, that's exactly what they do best. They are excellent at what they do. They love what they do. And they're going to treat you like a VIP because you are very important. And it's very important that you enjoy the experience of fixing or transforming or just cleaning your smile. The better you look, the better you feel. There's no better time to take care of yourself than right now. So if you've thought about this, if you've heard me talk about this and you want to check them out, I encourage you to go to perfectsmiles.com. You can look at their video testimonials. You can find out more about them. You can hear other people's experiences and other people's reviews, and you'll understand why your only regret is going to be that you didn't do it sooner. Go to PerfectSmiles.com. They're located off Route 3. They've got plenty of parking. That's PerfectSmiles.com. We'll be right back. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. 
This is The Grace Curley Show. I always go back to part of the reason I think Republicans are on the right path, maybe not all the time, but it definitely has become crazy versus not crazy in the political world. Like you have people who are just nuts versus people who maybe don't agree with them on everything, but they're they're sane human beings. And part of the reason I, I go back to that is because if the left's ideas were that good, like if they thought Joe Biden was doing such a great job and they had all the answers, then what is this need to hide everything? What is this need to suppress people and kick people off of different things? And Rachel Maddow saying, oh, I can't air the, the former president giving this speech. Like they either think, A, that their audience is so dumb and so easily manipulated by lies that they're going to turn into Trump supporters just by watching 15 seconds of a speech. Or they know that there, there's, no, there's no winning this. They know their ideas are terrible. They know their policies are terrible. And so this is the only thing they have is this, is this kind of panic mode. And, and the ironic part is, and Howie says this all the time, whatever they're accusing you of, they're doing themselves. It's, it's, it's almost cliche, like how, how obvious it is that this is projection. But while they're telling you about how Trump is going to be a dictator, I just saw this on Fox. NBC has a new thing out about how he's going to be a dictator and, you know, oh, everyone's going to be in jail and he's going to execute. You know, Joe Scarborough said that he's going to execute journalists and all these things. And yet here they are at DHS giving $700,000 to these advocacy groups to create propaganda to talk about how bad Trump is. If he's so bad, why can't people just figure it out? Why do you have to make up all of this stuff to explain to people how bad he is? And they've done this since the beginning. They did this with the Russia hoax. They couldn't get him on anything, so they had to create something. And now they're creating, they're trying at least to create this doomsday scenario again and convince people that if he becomes president he's going to he's going to shut people up or he's going to put people in jail that's what you've been doing that's what you've been trying to do the new york post was kicked off twitter or suspended off of twitter or didn't have access to their twitter after they posted the very true story about hunter biden's laptop why is that? Do you think Donald Trump didn't want them to have the story on Hunter Biden? Is that what it was? Was dictator Trump telling the New York Post that they couldn't they couldn't share the story of Hunter Biden's laptop? No. It's not the right that's suppressing all of this information. It's the left. 844-500-4242. Speaking of COVID, I have an update for you out of China when we come back. And also, this is a weird story. But I want to get into it. Alec Baldwin's trying to sell his house. And I don't understand the strategy. But then again, you've got to consider the source. We'll talk about it all on the other side when we come back. 
But most importantly, China is toying with a deadly new COVID strain. What could possibly go wrong? We'll be right back. Cucumber. Cucumbers. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. All right, so I just wanted to give you all an update here on what's happening in China. And, you know, the gain-of-function research was back in the news recently, and senator-slash-doctor-slash-conspiracy theorist Rand Paul was on TV, and he was talking about this closed-door, you know, testimony that they, or interview that they were doing with um, Dr. Fauci, where he kept saying, you know, I don't remember, I don't recall, you know. Same old, same old. And something Rand Paul said was what he says to us behind closed doors is very different from what he says in front of the microphone and in front of the cameras. And I believe, and Jared, maybe we can find this cut because I think it was from last week, that Rand Paul did say that Fauci admitted to gain-of-function research. And up until this point, he's been trying to play the semantics game because he's a good Democrat. That's what Democrats do. They try to find fancy ways of lying to you, fancy ways of bending the truth. And that's what Fauci's been up to. When really, if you look into gain-of-function research, it's very obvious that that's what was going on and that that's what the NIAID was funding. Um, And so the reason I bring this up now is because gain-of-function's back in the news. This is from the New York Post. It says China toys with deadly new COVID strain. When will the madness end? So when we get a new strain of COVID, this deadly COVID, are we going to be told it came from a wet market and not the lab that has been toying with the deadly new COVID strain? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the media tried to convince me, oh, no, no, no. The scientists who created the deadly new strain, that's not where this strain came from. This came from a bat. China's virologists are at it again, shamelessly playing with a new coronavirus that's 100% lethal and human transgenic mice. Scientists at high-level labs pumped mice with uh, pump mice full of a lab-cultivated strain uh, of a COVID cousin that first was discovered three years before the pandemic. Every mouse thus infected died an agonizing death. Again, is there anything else we could be working on? I I know I'm not a scientist. I know I'm not a doctor. But it just feels like we've done this. It feels like I've seen this film before. And to quote Taylor Swift, I didn't like the ending. I did not like the ending. And I don't think we need to go down this road yet again. But it's just important to note that this is what's out there. Um, Let's go, Jared, to the callers here before I switch gears into uh, Jamie Dimon and his comments at Davos. Let's go to CJ. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, CJ. Yeah, hi, Grace. Uh, I wanted to put to death this thing about uh, a deep state is just a conspiracy theory. You know, I uh, worked uh, 15 years in the Department of Defense as a civilian employee until I got out and got my own business going, but uh, I, I just couldn't take, I mean, all, at least the civilians in the Department of Defense were rabid Democrats, and uh, they they were out to do everything they could to push the agenda onto the, you know, the guys in the uniforms, uh, especially, but, uh, you know, they just, they just did everything, and I don't 
the idea of a deep state has got to be because they're all Democrats, right? I mean, they're all liberal Democrats, and they're all doing that agenda. So, uh, anyway, I couldn't take that anymore, and I left. So, you know. Yeah, I, I think that, um, CJ, if you were to tell me, if you were to ask me about this like 10 years ago, maybe I would have said the deep state was a conspiracy, or maybe certain parts of it. I would have thought, oh, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But I I became a believer after the Russia hoax. Like if you really and it's hard to explain in a two minute sound cut. But if you really followed that and you followed the story of Carter Page and you followed the FISA courts and you followed all these things and you kept up with it and Michael Flynn and just the way they screwed people over and they made people go through their life savings trying to defend themselves against all of these bogus claims and they tried to overthrow a duly elected president. It was the insurance policy, as Peter Strzok said. And then nobody was held accountable. It all came to light somehow, by miraculously, which they never thought was going to happen. They never thought Trump was going to get elected in the first place, hence the insurance policy. But it all came to light and nobody was held accountable. They still have John Flippin' Brennan going on CNN and MSNBC lecturing us about national security, lecturing us about misinformation. That's how backwards this is. So there is no doubt in my mind the deep state exists. There hasn't been for a long, long time. But I think for me it was the Russia hoax that really solidified that... This group and, and you know, you 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 hear people say, because I, I remember with James Comey and, and other other hacks, other swamp creatures, you'd get guys who would call in and say, you know, it's not there's really good people in the FBI. And it's like any other corporation. Yeah, there's there's good people amongst it. But at a certain point, when there's a certain level of corruption, you realize this thing is rotted like this thing needs to be completely overhauled. And I don't think that there's really any question that that's the case. And you know what I would say to that last caller, CJ, is what it confirms for me even more is that those IRS whistleblowers are two of the biggest heroes that we've had in the last few years because... CJ's right. I mean, through and through those places. Because every time something like this would happen, I would think there there has to be somebody in there who's looking around going, this is someone like CJ who's looking around and going, this is so corrupt. This can't happen. Somebody needs to say something. Well, now you've got these two IRS whistleblowers and you realize why people don't say anything because they attack your business. They attack your family. You don't get book deals. You don't get gigs on CNN. You don't get protection. You don't become a hero. You have your life, your life turned upside down for doing the right thing, for being honest. And then you wonder why other people just go along to get along. Why, or if people like CJ just get out and say, I don't want to be a witness to this anymore, but I'm not going to try to go against them. Because what is it that Chuck Schumer once told me? Or I'm sorry, he didn't tell me this. He told Donald Trump, but it was kind of in a way, like always, it was a message to all of us. The deep state, I don't think he called them the deep state, the intelligence intelligence community, the intelligence community has six ways to Sunday to get back at you. He wasn't lying for once in his life. Chuck Schumer was telling the truth, even if he wasn't supposed to. All right. Now, uh, speaking of someone who was telling the truth and is not supposed to, Jamie Dimon 
JP Morgan CEO was at Davos. Now we played the cut, Jared. Let's play it one more time because this is a great cut. We played this cut of John Kerry not getting the kind of welcome that he is used to at Davos. They let some reporter, you know, in and um, through the gates. And this reporter was asking John Kerry about his carbon footprint. And I don't know, you know, John Kerry's heading into this retirement stage. He lives a pretty swanky lifestyle, but he seems he seems agitated. He seems the word I saw used a lot in the headlines was testy. I'll let you decide. This is cut one. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? You think it's worth it? Peasants pay for your crimes. That's a stupid question. Is it? A, is it really? Is it? Is it? Is it more stupid than you traveling here to tell us? Please, don't put, sorry. We're done. We're done. We are done now. You don't grab me. You can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we have freedom of the press. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world suggested that. Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. Being here suggests that. Stupid question. You being here every single year and doing this suggests that. So three times he says that's a stupid question. I don't think it's a stupid question. I think it's the most obvious question. I think the only thing stupid here is that more people haven't asked John Kerry. Like, why don't you have to abide by these rules that you want everybody else to care so much about? How are you going to convince everyone the world is burning if you're on a private jet all the time? Either you don't believe what you're saying or you just think people are too stupid to notice the glaring hypocrisy of your actions. Which one is it? You decide. But to call it a stupid question three times, like the smugness of this dude. So you get to treat us all like we're morons and you fly all around the world like a squirrel. And then you don't have to even answer for your hypocrisy. You just get to say it's stupid. Why is it stupid? So that that was at Davos. Also happening at Davos, though, Jamie Dimon, CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan, he had this to say about Donald Trump. Cut five. A MAGA. They're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting and they're basically scapegoating them that you are like him. Uh, and but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. And if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He was kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. China, Trade, China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about I Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. Yeah. And, and even there, you can see how. And I have respect for him for admitting that because, you know, you're at Davos. You're not exactly telling them what they want to hear by any means. But even just right there, when when he's getting a little nervous and he says, like, I don't like the way he says everything. I don't like the way he says everything. Right. But what you're saying is you liked what he did. And that's got to be what Trump runs with. And I remember Trump said this. Trump said this, I think, in 2016. Maybe he said in 2020. But I loved one of these. Uh, certain things stick in my mind about when, when Trump's on the campaign trail. One of the things he said is, like, you have to vote for me even if you hate me. Even if you hate me, you got to vote for me because what is coming is bad. And he should keep reminding people of that. Be like, I get that you don't like me. I understand. He's self-aware in that respect. He knows that he's not everybody's cup of tea. 
but I'm going to do a better job for you. So put that other thing, surround yourself with people that you really enjoy, that you really like, and just let me do my job. Your inner circle, you have it full of people who have the same priorities as you, the same moral compass, wonderful. But you let me do my job and you worry about the people in your life. That's what he's got to do. And what Jamie Dimon just admitted is, yeah, he was right about a lot of things and he did a better job. That's what they don't want to admit. I want to get to one other story here, Jared, before I go to break, because I had you pull these cuts. I think this is so strange. Alec Baldwin, every story I read about Alec Baldwin is strange. He's trying to sell his home, okay? And this is from USA Today. It says, Alec Baldwin's latest role has him starring in a video promoting the sale of his nearly 19 million... This whole thing was staged. $19 million home in the Hamptons. In the nearly two-minute video, the actor reminisces about the homes he's lived in on the eastern end of Long Island. Can I just get a little bit of this? This is a cut two. Hey, I'm Alec Baldwin. I've had a home out here on the east end of Long Island since 1982. Uh, when I was younger, we'd come out here and we'd sleep all morning and lay on the beach all day. Uh, when you're young, this place is the best. I have so many questions for his real estate agent. <laughs> okay, number one is, you know when you sell a house and they say, like, make, take all your pictures out? L make the person think that they can make this their own. They don't want to see your life. They want to see a blank canvas. I don't see how putting Alec Baldwin at the center of this, unless you get like a George Costanza who wants to buy John Voight's old car. I don't get why someone would want this unless it's some millionaire out there is Alec Baldwin's biggest fan and wants to live in the home he lived in. Second of all, if you're going to make a video talking about how much you love your house and how much somebody should buy it, the obvious question becomes, well, if you like it so much, why are you so desperate to get rid of it? But I've never, I would never think this would be, especially right now, Jared, out of all the celebrities that might make a video and say, hey, like Billy Joel, for example, he's trying to sell a home in Long Island, too, having no luck. But if Billy Joel made a video and said, hey, it's me, the piano man, I'm trying to sell this home, I could see how, as a realtor, you might say, we're going to get some bites from that. But Alec Baldwin? Like, is this what the people want? Is this going to entice somebody to bid on this piece of real estate? I don't know. Realtors, weigh in. We want to hear from you. Uh, how he got the flu shot, he came down with the flu. Um, you guys remember that. I'm not sure if he took, I think he had to take a couple days off when he came down with the flu. The mailroom manager came down with RSV. Yeah, it was, but it was a, it was a rough patch there. And then Jared, you got sick at one point and it's just been yeah. kind of going through the I was, office. I was sick. Uh, Christmas Eve was the first time I really got sick and I still have the cough from it. And you know what happens is when you get something, when you get hit with something this time of year, it's usually the delay, the time it takes to get the medicine to knock it out. If you have access to it right away, it can really shorten the amount of time that you're going to be struggling with whatever you've come down with. Now, winter's just begun. Uh, you need to be ready. Like I said, you want to be prepared for any of these viruses. And that's why you need the emergency med kit from the wellness company. The emergency med kit has eight potentially life-saving medications. It can fight COVID, bronchitis, pneumonia, nausea, and so much more. You don't want to lose a week or two. You don't want to be behind the eight ball if you do get something this winter. You want to be ready to go. And you also don't want to get caught not being able to see your doctor or obtain the medications that you need. Nip a bad virus in the bud and get this emergency med kit. Now, what's in it? Well, if you keep this emergency med kit, 
in your medicine cabinet or take it with you on vacation. You're going to complete a clinical intake form. Once approved, your medical emergency kit will be shipped right to your doorstep. So here's what's in it. It's got eight prescription medications. It's like having a pharmacy in your bathroom. You're going to get antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics. It has things like amoxicillin, ivermectin, a lot of things that you've heard of or are familiar with and things that you are going to need. It comes with a 22-page guidebook, so you're all set on the, the proper usage. And everything from the benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events, it has you covered. It's like having a doctor in a box, which is the perfect remedy for this time of year and everything that comes with it. Order today at twc.health slash curly. Use code CURLY10 because I want you to get 10% off your doctor in a box. That's twc.health slash CURLY and use code CURLY10 for that extra 10% off. When we come back, we're talking to the birthday boy. I love, I, I, I keep thinking about this Alec Baldwin thing, Jared. I've been thinking about it all day. If you're a realtor, text in. Do you like this idea? Do you think this is smart? Do you think having Alec Baldwin be the face of his own property is a good tactic? We'll be right back with Howie Carr. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Alvin, happy birthday to you. Yeah, well, we have a tradition here that when it's someone's birthday, we have them answer the poll question. And today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. If you want to reserve your room for under $200, go to the com. That's nausetbeachinn.com. Jared, what is the poll question? And we'll have the birthday boy cast the vote. Today's poll question is, who should be Donald Trump's vice president, Vivek Ramaswamy or other? Howie, go ahead. Cast your vote, sir. Other. Other. Do you have anyone in mind, Howie? Are you are you kind of positioning for it for yourself? No, I, I think uh, it should be uh, Stefanik or at least Stefanik or uh, Byron Donalds. Ooh, I would love Byron Donalds. I think he's great, the congressman from Florida. Okay, birthday boy. 66% of the audience agrees with Howie and says other. Okay, Howie, tell us what you have going on today. I know that you've sent me a few stories about this fake news coming from the border out of Texas, but what else you got going on? Uh, well, they, I want to talk about the uh, the FBI. Uh, you know, I've, I've been saying all along, It's I always thought that the FBI first got the information on the Hunter Biden laptop in December of 2019. So they'd only had it for 10 months before they let the lie go out around the world, you know, saying yeah. it was Russian disinformation. Actually, according to that filing that the uh, feds made yesterday, the quote unquote special counsel, they had had the information since August of 2019. So they'd had it for more than a year, and they and they still let the uh, Democrats in the so-called intelligence community say that it was a uh, that it was Russian disinformation. Yeah, it had all the earmarks, and you know what else, Howie? They don't regret it. That that's the other thing too is when any of these people get on TV, they say they have no regrets because because technically they didn't say it was disinformation. They just said it had all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. Right, and the you know it's like the Washington Post story that that, that they said. Hunt, uh, that uh, President Trump had said, find the fraud. Right. You know? 
Once you get the lie out there, the corrections just don't really make the news as much as the original story. Howie Carr, the birthday boy, comes up next. Don't miss him.